Yep. You know what that chime means. <laughs> that it is time to dive in to another podcast. Welcome to Remember with Sophia. A journey to remember what you already know or to awaken something within that's ready for your conscious acknowledgement. Let's breathe. Wherever you are, just pause. Breathe in some sweet prana all the way down to your root, the base of your spine. Feel it. Hold. Let it go. Bring it back in. Open up your body all the way up your spine. Hold. Let it go. One more. Inhale. Let it go. Thank you for tuning in today. I want to start by just sharing some gratitude to the beings that find resonance within the words that flow through my vessel. It's been a few months since I've released a podcast. I've recorded quite a few. <laughs> but I felt they were a little too heat packed. So here I am coming at you with probably a controversial one and that's okay. But deep bow to those of you who continue to tune in. Please know I'm available to hear and receive what flows through you. And prompts if you, if you feel a certain current starting to emerge. Um, I love requests of things to speak into or flow around. <sighs> How is everyone doing? How are you doing? How is your life's experience unfolding? I'm currently making drastic shifts. You know, my last podcast really was an anthem for the next two months of my life and everything I'm shifting and unweaving while simultaneously generated a new web, a new experience. It's very different from how I've experienced um, massive change before. It's more um, conscious, skillful, willing to f feel it all, every part of it, every inch of my heart my being cracking open and breathing and mourning when my being asked to mourn a few days ago my entire day was spent like in numbness in bawling in like dry heaves in like oh my gosh I can't even see outside but I just let it move through I didn't try to change my experience I didn't try to make myself wrong I'm like wow my body is moving through massive shifts she's spoken her truth to beings that she was so afraid to speak this truth to she's making the change that she thought about but never thought she could actually do it and this is bringing up a lot of emotions tied into a lot of childhood things but just holding my sweet vessel while she processes it through it's been so beautiful just to witness my willingness to feel. And then it instantly expands my capacity. Like conversations that a few days ago gave me anxiety and fear in my body to think about. Like, oh God, now I need to tell this person this thing. Now I think about them. I'm like, oh yeah, great, cool. We get to have the conversation. Awesome. Like I've expanded myself through being willing to feel it all. You know, the majority of us are afraid to feel. Our society is teaching us not to 
Oh, you feel this, take this pill. Oh, you feel this, do this thing. Oh, you feel this, do this, run from it. And it's caused us to really generate attachments to specific experiences. I'm attached to this feeling in my body. And then if I get this feeling in my body, I create resistance and I create an experience of suffering for myself. But really suffering is a choice. We're just not conscious of that most of the time. It's just a, an automatic program that's running. Um, and then we're a victim of it. Oh, I'm suffering. For me, I'm going through really intense emotions and it's the most beautiful thing. Grief is the most beautiful gift of emotion, all consuming. And if one can surrender into it, the expansion and the um, growth is simultaneous and instantaneous. So I'm very grateful for my vessel and my being and my willingness to hold her and make the choices that are most in alignment for her growth and her evolution on this life's journey. It's why she incarnated. So no more playing small or hiding under um, epic, shiny experiences. Uh, it's time to align with what her soul is calling or the magnetic pool that is beyond her mind, which is God, God's blueprint. So I'm surrendering me and following that flow. <sighs> wow. It's a lot of um, looking at separate self straight in the eyes. And what I mean by separate self is the one that exists in doing, thinking, um, thinking about the future, thinking about the past, protecting the self, defending, um, forcing uh, the one who exerts effort in doing, in, in being, in sustaining identity, the one that can walk down the street and if it looks at someone that gives a dirty look, quote unquote dirty look, what does that even mean? That crinkles her forehead, thinks that it means something about them. The separate self is the ego. The ego is beautiful. Now, a lot of people have been trained to hear that ego is like, you're so egotistical. Like, oh my God, you're so cocky. And it does not mean that. It could mean that, you know, in, in one shade, but the ego um, separate self is formed since birth, really. But I think there's a lot of studies done around the age of seven. We start becoming conscious and identifying with it. Um, it's the one who records and protects and defends. Um, a lot of our personality is woven into it. Um, it's connected to our memory, you know, so um, when we identify with it. So past these experiences, you know, it tries to prevent us from feeling really intense things again. You know, if we get hurt from a relationship and we label it as um, soul crumbling and, and absolutely terrible and hard, then if we start to see evidence of that in our field again in some form, or sometimes we even look for it, like we'll look for evidence subconsciously. And then if we see it, our being, our ego can be like, see, this is that again and try to protect us from having to feel that again. So it's a separate self, a whole identity is created and it thinks that it's the one that is living and surviving, but it's really this false operating system and its greatest fear is unraveling. That's why it's there in the first place to protect us from feeling intensity, to protect us, protect, 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 but it's in the very act of releasing the grasp of this system that we can rest in unity. And so when I speak of action, we still take action. It's not, we're just not laying on the couch all day, but action stems from a place of rest, from a place of being. It's no longer in extreme effort, even within the effort, because we're resting in a new system. We can finally rest in peace and do life from that space. But as long as we're identified with the separate self, I mean, look around at the world. This is a world that's created in separate self. This is a world that's created from ego. Do you think that this was a world created in unity, in love, in expansion, 
in resting in God and following that magnetic pull for our own unique soul's blueprint? The majority of us, no. But there are a good amount that I'm seeing that are generating revolutionary acts by surrendering, by moving through the death-defying fear. You know, people aren't lucky because they create a life that others dream of. It's like they're willing to go through the all-consuming, quote-unquote, fears that it takes when the ego inflames and is like, don't do this. You're going to the unknown. You're leaving everything that's comfortable. You're leaving your job, your financial security. You're leaving all the people who are supporting you. You can't do this. You can't do that. What are you doing? Look, you're safe here. So it's being willing to feel all of that, those things that most people cower from. I can't feel this. It's too much. It's too much. I can't feel it. Here's the thing. We think it's too much when we realize that we, when we don't realize that we have our own backs, when we're identified with the one who moves through emotions, it feels intense. It feels quote unquote too much. We're lost in it because we, it's our identity. I am this grief and I can't do this and I'm da 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 da. Or it's like, wow, my humans experience this intense sensation. Let's get it. And then you spend a whole day doubled over or a week. It's only the mind that comes in that's like, ah, this is too much. I need to stop this. Okay, but there does come a point, you know, there are some people who are like, I genuinely need support with this because I can't find my way back out. Then great, please do what your being needs and reach out for support. But really what it takes is the willingness to feel. Just the willingness to feel and to be the partner of the one who feels. Like, all right, baby girl, let's get it. So what happens if we embark on the heroic journey of partnering with our being and accepting what is in our vessel and allowing it all to come up? There's this misconception of I need to be healed before I can do this thing and I need to be this before I can do that and I just need to fully love myself before I can find my life partner and da 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 and that's it's a it's a lifetime journey of partnering with the self. And that's all a fucking illusion because we are already quote unquote healed. It's just what parts of us are operating under the illusion that we're not. And that's what we're working on. It's like a car. I can't wait till I'm a car. But it, it's like you are already a car. We're just, you know, the um, motor needs a little tweaking. But you're still a car. You've always, always been a car. You're just needing a little tweaking here because, okay, that's not a great analogy. But you know what I mean? We create mediocre lives to feel safe. To feel like, okay, this is um, something that feels comfortable, something that feels um, predictable. And that's great because I can live in that because I can't deal with feeling what it feels like to move through the unknown. This is um, a pretty advanced little piece of wisdom that I'm about to drop. And it's okay if your bean doesn't receive it, but once one does receive it, it is really a game changer. Everything, I had this realization and it's literally changed my life. Everything that we are, are quote unquote afraid of is just a fear of feeling. The mind identifies with stories, but it's really, we're resistant to feeling the sensations of what that would be like. So say leaving the job and getting into another one. Oh, I can't tell my boss because we're afraid of what it would feel like to be in that uncomfortability of having that conversation. We're afraid of what it would feel like to sit with the story that we're disappointing the boss. I'm going to disappoint them. They're going to be so upset with me. We're afraid to feel what that feels like. We're afraid of the unknown oh gosh, I won't have a, another job right away and, and I don't know if I, can, if I can get one right away. And so we're afraid of sitting with those feelings of limbo. 
of what it feels like to not have a certain flow of income coming in that we are um, relying on. Or, no, I don't want to do this thing because I don't want to let them down and then they might not like me. So it's literally, I am resistant to being with the sensation of what it might be like to have people not, quote unquote, like me. Or to have someone be upset with me speaking my truth. I'd rather not speak my truth and continue leaving this me living this mediocre experience because it's safe. Because I cannot bear to be with the feelings that would arise from creating something different. And when one doesn't have their own back consciously and they think they are the sensations, then it's overwhelming. I'll get lost in the feelings and the sensations instead of like, oh honey, I know this is fucking scary because you're really afraid to speak this truth and we don't have to get into it. It could be like past week's experiences as to why or da 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 or what it, you're projecting, but it's like, I'm gonna hold you while we move through these experiences because you incarnated in this blip of time that will be over before you know it to follow your own unique soul's blueprint, not to play small under the illusion of safety and comfort and security. So into the fire we go, hand in hand. And if you need to cry, let's cry. If you need to scream, let's scream. I've got you. In any way this energy needs to process through as we expand our capacity, I am here. Gosh, do you know how many people I meet that's like, I'm crying, I'm so sorry. Or I, I saw on social media, of course, social media, oh my God. Um, this mom like talking to her daughter and she's like, no more tears, no more tears. I'm like, what? When people cry, I'm cheering them on. Like, yes, more please, please cry more. Please allow yourself to emote and process through. When did we become a society that means like, hold on to your emotions, do not cry, or else it means da 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 da. Usually, look at this, ha <laughs> I found that people who are not okay, I recently was with two people who the husband, I won't mention anything more than that, the husband was not okay with the wife crying. He couldn't handle it, he couldn't be with it. So literally, it wasn't about her having her own experience of what needed to move through. It was he was not able to be with the sensations that arose in his own body by witnessing someone else cry. We try to dictate other people's experience because we can't be with what it feels like to witness them having that experience. <laughs> Usually if someone's quote unquote upset with us, we try to shift how they're feeling because we cannot stand to be with the sensation of, oh my God, they're not happy with me. I can't be with the sensation, so I need to fix it. It rarely has something to do with them at all. Hey, let me authentically hold space for you. Wanna, wanna clear this? No, okay, all right. Non-attached, no, it's like, I can't be with this feeling. <laughs> I need to shift this now. And I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> That's all I can do is speak from experience, from my pure embodiment my literal cellular embodiment. This is why I don't read books and recite shit back to you. It's like I live it, I embody it, and then I speak to my own, the own fullness of what I have flowed through and continue to flow through. I'm, I'm uh, definitely speaking my truth more and more and more consistently. But when one of my coaches before I did a boundary coach, a boundary coaching course with Rini, and she gave me this challenge to just say no. Can I just say no to people instead of giving an explanation? Because when we give an explanation, it's because we hope that they'll understand and they'll still like us and it will let the no land a little easier. Hey, do you want to go to a party tonight? No, because I'm just so busy and I have work and I really want to. I really want to. Please, next time, invite me. But right now, I'm just da 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 da. Okay, good. See, they understand. They're like, oh, yeah, next time I'll invite you. Okay, I feel good in my body. That no was okay. But what if we could just say no? No, not available. Doesn't that feel scary? <laughs> to just align with ourselves so fully that we don't need to explain our yeses and nos. Hey, do you want to go to the beach tomorrow? No. <laughs> How scary. 
How fucking scary to think of just saying no. <gasps> then they may not like me and I cannot even stand to be with the sensation that my thoughts create from thinking feeling loops as I allow myself to cycle in. <gasps> what do they think of me? Was that received? Oh my God, they didn't text me back when I said no. Maybe I should give an explanation now. <gasps> Are they mad at me? Da, da, da. Like, If we can watch our thoughts, we see how much we are abandoning ourselves. Letting ourselves cycle in that, generating that as our experience of external validation and dependency. Okay, okay, if they just message me back and say, okay, I love you, then I'll feel good. But until then, oh my God, oh shit, and they read my message and all I said was no, why did I do that? I should have given more reason. Okay, okay, um, um, thank you for the invite. Um, um, I, I love you so much. Like, like next time for sure, for sure. Like, yuck. Speaking to my own experience. Bring it on home. If we can notice ourselves doing this, then we can chuckle. Oh, hee hee hee, I'm doing that thing again. Aw, Sophia. I'm sorry I left you. Here I am. How are you feeling? You're feeling you're feeling a little scared a little unloved i know you spoke your truth you just said no look at you girl you just said no you didn't give an excuse yeah i understand i understand that's scary and you know let's go in the river let's chant a mantra anything to get you out of this thinking feeling loop because i refuse to choose these thoughts and cycle in all the possibilities of why that didn't land with the other person it's a revolutionary act to love yourself to intercede on your own behalf, the automatic thoughts that occur, all the stories, all the, <gasps> you want to see where your mind lies, text someone and have the, and like watch what your mind does when they read it and they don't respond. Reach out to someone and if they don't message back in a few days, where does your mind go? Pass someone on the street, they give you a look, where does your mind go? Or maybe you make a commitment to yourself and you don't show up for it, where does your mind go? How loving can you be with your own animalistic body or the ego, the part of you that records? Can you be loving with that as it tries to protect and defend and keep, quote unquote, you safe, separate self? Can you love it into its um, obliteration? Can you love it into its dissolving into unity? You can. The answer is yes. But are you willing to feel what it feels like to choose differently? When the mind's like, no, uh, they must not like me, da, da, da. Are you willing to intercede on your own behalf and choose a different thought? a different neural pathway because look, your neural pathways in your brain are already forged to operate in a certain way. The more that you think those similar thoughts and frequencies, they are hardwired in there and they create thinking, feeling loops. Thoughts feed the feelings, the feelings feed the thoughts. So it takes something to choose differently, to anchor in a new neural pathway, to fire a new synapsis, to strengthen that new current but every time you do choose differently, it gets stronger and st stronger. Every time you're like, no, I'm not going to play a victim to this experience. I'm not going to generate hell for myself. I'm going to choose differently. There you go. New neural pathway forged. But we find comfort in the old ways because it's what we're used to. Even though our conscious mind could quote unquote hate the experience of what it feels like to be jealous, to be envious, to, to hate our da-da-da-da-da, our life, our job, whatever. If we choose a different thought pattern, we want to, part of us wants to go back to the one before. Even though it provided a sense of discomfort, it also provided immense comfort. We feel safe in that firing. It's what we know. And our beings do not like the unknown because if it's not predictable, the ego doesn't feel safe. It, there is no um, promise, false illusionary promise of sustainability. So we have to be willing to feel. This ties into what I love to talk about, the victim triangle. 
when one refuses to feel or to hold their own being through sensation, it's easy to project it out on someone else and, and blame them, that person. I feel this because of them. Instead of using that as an opportunity to look within our own vessel, why do I have such intense emotion because this person didn't message me back? Do we ever ask that or do we just surface experience? I've been projected on by a whole lot of people because I haven't gotten back to them and they felt that I needed to. And then each person created their own meaning that was justified by the quote unquote evidence of me not responding because I, I owe them my attention and my awareness, my finite energy I owe to them. But we are friends. So you, you owe me a response. The least you could do is let me know that you're busy. That's the least you can do. Whoa, look at the world that you're creating and projecting upon me. The least I can do is message you back and give you some of my energy because you reached out and asked for it and you're creating meaning because I didn't respond back to you. I think it's absolute insanity. Getting off on a side note here, but it's going to tie back in. I think it's absolute insanity this day and age of social media, of internet, when we have instant access to everybody's awareness and consciousness and attention and energy. And not only do we have instant access to it, we feel justified to receive it. Not only that, we feel that that's enough evidence to project all over them if they do not respond to us. Instead of looking at that as a mirror, do, do you know the amount of people I've been projected on? Oh, this, because you didn't message me back this, and I thought this, and da-da-da. I'm just like, whoa. I used to spend a lot of my finite energy trying to fix their experience. Why? Because I couldn't be with the sensation that they were judging me, or they thought I didn't like them, and they were hurt because I didn't respond to them. Until finally, I'm like, no, fuck that. Fuck that. What? You reach out to me and because I don't respond, that means anything about me or it means anything about how I feel about you. If you want to make it mean that and live in that world, you're more than welcome to because we create our own reality. But I can never speak to you again and love you just the same. I actually prefer not to like stay in touch with people. I think it's just like weird to talk about, oh, I did this and then I did this and what did you do? Oh, you did that and that, cool. Now I know, now I feel good that I'm caught up with your life. I feel connected. No, I feel just as connected to you without knowing your life story. I feel you in the field if we're connected. What part of me is wanting to attach and make it more and like have more of you? It's been a dance with clients. It's been a dance. People like, I thought we were friends and you don't respond and I feel like I need to pay you to da da da. Yeah, if you want to have my undivided attention in the field, to give wisdom and support, call out blind spots, hold you through them, then I have containers set up for that and we can enter into that space, that agreement reality together. Otherwise, I'm very conscious of where I put my energy in my conversations. And it doesn't mean I don't enjoy you. It doesn't mean I am not love for you. It doesn't mean anything about you. In fact, it's me and my own energy. And if I choose not to respond to you, that's because I'm choosing just not to exert energy by even messaging back. If I message back in two weeks, is that okay? No, it's not okay because you should da 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 da. It's just like, because I've chosen and I've decided that I want your energy and your attention. If you don't give it to me in a time frame that I deem appropriate, then I'm going to project on you. Then I'm going to use that as evidence as why I'm not worthy. Then I'm going to use that as evidence of why, see, I don't have any friends. What does friend mean? I said that in a previous podcast. What does friend mean? I don't use that word. I do. It comes through in my automatic programming, but I instantly correct myself. Most of the time, I'm sure there's times that still go by my conscious awareness. I'm cultivating more and more consciousness around word choices. But friend, I don't use that word. I'm trying not to use that word. I'm actively not using that word. Because friend is a bullshit word for attachment. 
what does friend mean? Can we just be connected? And what does friend re require? Because I'm noticing people who use that word have different meanings. Well, to me, friend means you're there when I need you. And you da-da-da-da. So it means you give me your energy and your attention when I ask for it. It's just, anyways. I did a whole podcast on this that I didn't release. <laughs> but it wanted to come through. So here's a little just nugget of that. If you want to know your own being a little bit deeper, see what stories arise in your vessel when someone doesn't message you back. And then that's an opportunity to feel what arises, to see what's, what programs are operating within your human computer. Instead of projecting it on that person, no, it's them. They didn't respond back to me, so I feel hurt by that. Maybe... I don't know, ask yourself, whoa, why do I feel so much sensation? Why am I generating meaning around this? Because guess what, folks? We create the meaning of every experience. Every single thing is meaningless until we prescribe it meaning. That's also a big one to get. So, what parts are prescribing meaning to someone not messaging back? And if you look, it's usually something like it's feeding this deep wound, childhood wound that I'm not worthy, that I'm not loved, that I'm not enough. We're all mirrors for each other, but it's e quote unquote easier to point the finger out and blame someone else for feeling and sensation instead of actually just sitting in the feeling and sensation and feeling it through the body. Oh, wow, my chest is constricted because this person didn't message me back. <sighs> Breathe. Wow. I'm really wanting to make this mean a lot of things about me. Oh, wow. <sighs> Deep breaths into the chest. I'm going to expand the sensation. Wow, I feel like I need to cry. Okay. In choosing not to make it mean shit. I keep using this word today, but that's a revolutionary act. My intention today, I thought I was going to talk about the war and how that's a big mirror for all of us, the macro of the micro, but maybe that will be next episode if it authentically flows through because this obviously wanted to take another direction, but I want to weave this into, there's a being in my life and it's, I'm sure a lot of people in my life use these words, but um, I haven't received them. So there's a being in my life who uses words such as mean and nice mean and nice. I think those words are very interesting, very curious words. Mean and nice. Huh. They're, they were even used in a context for me to stop being mean, to be more nice. And I noticed it was when I was speaking my truth around this a piece that is a conversation that's usually very taboo, like do not speak about this conversation, but I was speaking about it. And I think it might have, quote unquote, hurt this person's feelings. Now, we cannot hurt each other's feelings. You hurt my feelings with your mouth sounds. It's if we take it on as our truth or if it resonates within us. It's like, what is this mirror reflecting? So I'm just curious, like what do these words mean? If I add some like, very sugar-coated sprinkles upon my words. Am I nice? So if I walk by you in the street and I say, you are so beautiful. I project on you this, this programming. You are so beautiful. Am I nice? Wow, Betty is so nice. She held the door for me. But Mark, he did not hold the door for me. What an asshole. He's so mean. She called me beautiful. She's nice. He called me ugly. He's mean. Wow, they said something to me that really didn't feel good in my body to receive. It wasn't in a tone that I would like to receive it in, that I'm attached to receiving it in, so they're mean. Wow, they gave me gifts. They're so nice. Do you see how it's all programming? attachment to a certain level of experience. If someone says something that lands in the body as intense sensation, that's another opportunity to sit with the body and breathe and say, why am I feeling this intense sensation? It's easy to, quote unquote, easy to label it, they're just mean. They're just mean that they said this. I'm such a victim to their words. That's just so mean. You know, 
I recently, I'm, I'm just watching myself and I identified with this person who has said those things to me a few times, like be nice, be mean. We continue to loop in the same conversation because it feels very important, all the reasons why. And I noticed how literally last night I identified with this story of me being mean because I spoke my truth about it. I wasn't like making this person wrong. I'm just saying, here's the what's so. It feels very important to me. And then I was like, oh my God, I am such an asshole. And I identified with that sensation. And I started messaging this person from that space. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm such an asshole. I, I'm, oh my gosh, please forgive me. Like literally using those words. And then I'm just sitting with it like, wow, I really identified with this piece. And I got to go deep into what is mean? Sure, there's ways to be compassionate. Sure, there's ways to be empathetic when delivering a piece of truth. And maybe that's something I can focus on embodying more and more compassion. More compassion. But my intention is never to be quote unquote mean. And what would that mean? Would that mean intention to cut someone? Intention to make someone feel what they may label hurt? Then are they labeled mean? I mean, I could see why someone would label that as such, but a person who tries to cut another person is like, whoa, imagine the hurt that they're experiencing in their body. I'm not saying it's okay to go up to someone on the street and like cuss at them and like call them out and like call them ugly and like disgusting and say all these words just to try to get a rise out of them. We are, we're human beings. We are deep feelers. We're all interconnected. We're gonna feel that shit. But we have limitless opportunities to know ourselves, to love ourselves, to partner with ourselves, and it rests in our ability to feel. Okay, they said this thing to me. Why is this so intense? You can play victim for the rest of the day or years. I know people, even within my own family, that are holding on to things from like a decade ago because of how they feel that someone said or did something to them. Instead of looking within them and seeing what part of that word resonates with me, Issa Love, which I always come back to, taught us, and it, he gave a, um, a transmission, so this was embodied cellularly. It wasn't just a thought. It's one thing to know as a thought, oh, yeah, that's a great passage, but to embody it is a whole other experience. But it was, if it doesn't, if it sticks, then it's within you. Otherwise, it would just pass on through. Like, if I walk up to you, I'm like, whoa, your skin is blue. You, you're blue. I mean, maybe it would stick, but for me, if someone said that, I would laugh. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I'm blue? Okay. And it would pass through me. But if they came up to me and they said, whoa, Sophia, that um, zit on your chin is very distracting and actually a little disgusting. And it makes me feel like you don't take care of your body or you're not eating in alignment or something that I would think subconsciously within myself, then it would stick. And instead of looking at like, okay, why is this, why are their words triggering something within me? I would just project it on them. They said this mean thing to me. They, who, they said this to me. I'm a victim and I would play a victim, you know? It's so easy to play a victim to others' words instead of feeling the feels and looking at why it's landing within us. God forbid we look within and take responsibility. I'm not saying it's okay for people to communicate with us in other ways. That's a whole other topic. Say your boss yells at you daily, projects their energy upon you, screams at you. That's their method of communication. What does that mirror reflecting back? Every time it hurt, quote unquote, hurts inside or it's intense sensation and sadness, but you keep putting up with it, keep putting up with it and blaming him. Oh, I feel this way because of him. I feel this way because he does this to me. You dread work. But what if that mirror is just reflecting back and the sensations you're feeling within your body are asking you to speak your truth? Hey, this experience is arising because it's finally time to hold your being and speak your truth. Go up to them and say, hey, as scary as this may be, most people don't speak their truth around this because they don't want to feel what it feels like to have the scary conversation. Hold your being and say, hey, how you're speaking to me does not, is not in alignment for my being. Can we co-create a way to communicate together? 
or create a bigger boundary. Leave the job. Your being's asking not to be put through that. Don't make up excuses. Why? Yeah, we have to because of financial da-da-da. That's your belief and you're creating that reality. Anyways, that's another topic. I think, did I already do a podcast like that? Huh. And I guess since this is what wanted to come through today as the podcast transmission, let's bring in um, another example of this, another frequency around this to really support it landing if one is open and receptive. I recently was a guest in a container of a friend's um, and I was listening to the people's shares in my speech at the end or transmission was based upon what I heard through all of their words. And what I heard a lot was I had a good week because I was happy and I received money in sales. And there was a girl who was like, I had such a terrible week because I was so sad and my boss was mean and they didn't give me a compliment and all I wanted was a compliment and I was trying to manifest that and I couldn't get it and it was such a bad, hard week. And then someone else like, I just da-da-da and I got a job offer. It was a great week. It's like, wow, I really am seeing so clearly how we label and box in every experience and then create preferences and aversions around that limiting our capacity as expansive multidimensional beings. We're identified with separate self because can we be with what is without labeling? Whoa, I didn't get a job offer. Okay, I will next week. And if not, then we'll address it when it comes. Like what, it's so interesting what is labeled good and bad. This means good and this means bad. Yay, when I'm getting what I want, what my mind wants, then it's good. But when I don't get what my mind wants, it's bad. Really, can we be with all of that without labeling or expand into holding the one that wants the label? Well, I really wanted my friend to ask me out and he didn't and so it was just such a bad day. It was a hard day. What does hard mean? Challenging, challenging to feel the feelings. It was so hard. To, to sit in that office when everyone was projecting on me and making me wrong, it was so hard. Or what, was it challenging to feel what it felt like to have people projecting on you? Whew, that is a challenge, honey. That is challenging. Breathe, <sighs> acknowledge yourself. I do all the time like, whoa, baby girl, you had that conversation. That was so challenging. You had so much resistance in your body and you did it anyway. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Yes, ah, yes, queen. <laughs> or is it it can be anything that was so hard I'm such a victim I can't believe they were projecting on me and then oh my gosh you can go into even more stories and evidence of <gasps> they probably all hate me what are they thinking about me now they think that about me okay I need to message them and be like hey I love you just so you know I love you I'm so sorry so I can try to dictate how they feel about me so I don't have to feel the feelings of what it feels like to create stories that they don't like me that I'm not enough. Oh God. You know, it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's all over. Just observe how you react when someone doesn't respond. Reserve, observe yourself making meaning over someone else's words. They're so mean. What does that mean? What did they say to you that landed in your body as a label of uncomfort? What is that mirror projecting to you? We're all mirrors for each other, projecting something in every moment. Every perception is our greatest teacher. We are the guru. Life is the guru. Bringing quote unquote darkness to light, bringing the subconscious to awareness. What is this mirror reflecting? Why am I triggered in my body? Why is it generating such a reaction? Oh, it's just because they're an asshole. Move about my day. Okay, great. So that trigger can keep coming up until you finally look at it. So the loop can stop circling and circling and circling and circling. You can free up that energy and create expanse for yourself. Like I said in the beginning of this, a few days ago, there were conversations that I know I needed to have that were so scary to my ego, to these younger parts of me. It was like paralyzing when I would feel into the frequency and the truth of these um, stories, it felt like I would rather die than speak my truth to this person and feel those feelings. It felt all consumingly like mortifying. I'm like, wow, honey. So I'd hold myself and cry and like take steps forward each day. I'm like, wow, this is a really intense thread that I'm moving through. 
spoke the truth, moved through the fields, and now these other conversations that we had just a few days ago would seem so paralyzing, there's no charge because I expanded. I was willing to feel into my expansion. It's like it's right there. I'm not a victim to life. I love to play victim sometimes. My dear soul, whatever, I don't even know what, soul intertwinement known as river, project all over them because they're one of the most clearest mirrors in my life. And they see me very clearly. So I'm grateful to have that when I'm down deep in the pits, in the depths, the clearest mirrors in my field trigger what's there. But I use that. I use that as binoculars that are like pinpointing what's asking to be seen or not. You know, you don't have to see the root. And a lot of this wasn't me seeing a specific root. It was just feeling it through my body, just giving myself permission to lay in a pile of tears and sob, to cancel things on my agenda, to be with the process and to not try to change it. That's the main thing not subtly make it wrong. Oh, I don't like this day because I want to be happy. Then it's a good day when I feel happy. What? No, it's all, it all just is. When we get out of the dualistic labeling of preferences and aversions, it all just is. And from that space, we partner with the one who moves through duality because we are humans experiencing as humans. So we are in duality. Deep breath in, hold, relax your body in this holding, hear the sounds of your environment and let it go. Breathe it back in, fill up the body all the way down to the root, hold, let it go. How much? Are we willing to feel? Are we willing to sit with the one that becomes inflamed inside? Are we willing to take that finger we're pointing externally and pointing it internally, asking what our being wants? Because the more we come to unity within, the more that unity without is a byproduct. Where is there war within our own vessel? within our own thoughts, our own frequency? Where are we protecting ourselves from the world? Where are we anchoring in our own hell? That's where to look first. And I want to tie in one more piece. This isn't about gaslighting yourself. Okay, say you're with a partner and they've told you five times that they wouldn't drink and the sixth time that they drink, you're just mad at them. You lied to me, you this, you that. And, and you take this methodology that I'm sharing. You're like, well, this is just something within me. So I just need to like feel it and not project. Like, what is this doing within me? But it's exactly that. What is it bringing up within you without making them wrong? They're making these choices. It doesn't mean anything about you, even if you want to make it mean something about you. Oh, I'm making it mean they don't care about me or they would stop. It's not about you. So when the feelings come at them up in the body, it's like, okay, I could, you could just say, I'm so mad at them because they lied to me. They did this to me. Again, victim to the perpetrator, triangle. I'm a victim. Or you can look at the sensation and say, whoa, what is this here? Okay, my being's actually, it's not in alignment for me to continue this path with this person. Our values are different. Or my being's asking me to take some space. Like there's always a message in it, but if we project on the other person, we, we don't see it. We don't listen to our own body. We're bypassing our own body's desires and messages constantly, even though our body is the one that we incarnated to partner with. Our own beloved is our body, this vessel. Can we listen to it? So don't bypass yourself okay, this is just within me. They're acting in a way that doesn't feel in alignment, but I'm just going to transmute these energies within myself and keep moving on. No, it's use that mirror to sit with the sensation inside. Ooh, 
Oh, wow. <gasps> oh my gosh. The most beautiful, huge hummingbird just flew in the door, around my head, and out. Had white wings, it was all black, white wings, with um, green and purple belly. Beautiful, beautiful. So don't step over your truth. Actually use the mirror and the trigger to find your truth. Because resentment is the, the that's the most clearest message. Resentment is the first sign, not the first sign, but a clear sign that we're stepping over our own needs. When we resent someone, that's like the clearest mirror of like, whoa, okay, there's some serious messages I've been stepping over in my body. I resent this person. It's really messages within the body that haven't been listened to. So resentment forms, but it's really to the self. It's just e quote unquote easier to project it on that external mirror instead of actually using that mirror to look within and to hear the messages. Because once we hear the messages, then we have to feel the feelings of making the change. If the messages say it's time to leave the job, it's not in alignment, then we have to go through the feels of like, but the unknown and oh my gosh, I can't leave. They're dependent upon me. What will they do without me? I can't. So it's quote unquote way easier to project on someone else instead of feeling into our own feels and receiving the messages within it. Gosh, if we could just all be willing to hold our being and feel, imagine what a world this would be. Feel the feels, love ourselves, integrate the parts that are in separation, unity within, unity without. Let's use the word a fourth time, revolutionary act. <sighs> Thank you for being here, for taking time out of your day to listen to my words. Maybe next time we'll get into the war, maybe not. All the love, all the love to all of you on this journey of self-awareness, self-partnership. Deep bow.